0: Beautiful, beautiful song. Thank you, Miss Maggie. Going to be reading today out of Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, since we're going to read the whole chapter, I want to just go ahead and just jump right into it and get started. Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain into wise counsel, to understand a proverb and the interpretation thereof, and the interpretation, i Through in that word. The words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privately in the innocent without the cause. Let us swallow them up. Alive as the grave and whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spool. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. They lay wait for it. Their own blood, they lurk privately for their own lives. So are the ways of every one that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. Fools hate knowledge. Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I've called, you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did choose the fear of the Lord. Did not choose the fear of the Lord, excuse me. They would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me. Shall dwell safely. And shall be quiet. From the fear of evil. Father thank you Lord today. For the words of wisdom. Lord I pray. That we would take heed. To what you say to our hearts today. I ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. I want to talk today on the subject of voices. And in this passage, we're going to see some different voices that make their self known. And with that being said, I want us to think about three things. And as just as a way of introduction, first of all, I want us to think about the question, will you listen? Will you listen? Because that, of course, is the question. And we know a lot of times Uh, wisdom or instruction falls on deaf ears. It's out there, but will you listen? And that's, of course, we read that through the passage. And then another thought is, what will you do with what you hear? Remember, the Bible says, take heed how you hear. So in other words, and James says, you know, not hearers only, but doers. How will what you hear affect your life? Will it just go in one ear and out the other or will it be ignored or whatever? And then, of course, who will you listen to? When those three things I want us to think about as we identify four voices in the chapter this morning. First of all, I want us to see the voice of wisdom. It said in verse number two, to know wisdom and instruction To perceive the words of understanding. Thinking about that, the words of understanding. I'm going to be pointing out different words in this text. And there's many words that's used. And I think they're very key in understanding the passage. Of course, if you don't understand the words, it's hard to uh, get anything out of it. But we're going to look at the words that are mentioned. And of course, when you think about the word wisdom, one explanation or one, if you will, uh, uh, talking about what it means. It simply means the ability to use knowledge right. And by the way, you can have knowledge and lack wisdom. When you think about wisdom, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than everything else. We're talking about the, oh, there's only, of course, the right kind of wisdom, godly wisdom that's mentioned in the scripture. James talks about the wisdom that is from above. And then, of course, before that, he mentions the wisdom that's from below or devilish wisdom. And the wisdom from above. Of course as James would say in James chapter 3. Is first pure. Then peaceable. Then gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality. And without hypocrisy. That is the wisdom. That is from above. One person said. Old Testament wisdom. Is Jesus Christ. To the believer today. If you will look in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 24. Says. But unto them which are called. Both Jews and Greeks. Christ. The power of God. And the wisdom of God. And then he says in verse 30. But of him ye are in Christ Jesus. Who of God has made into us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ is wisdom. And of course, no doubt when you're talking about wisdom, and we're looking at that subject today, we know that Christ is the wisdom for us and what we need. He is the way, the truth, and the life. When you think about the word understanding. Understanding has to do with discernment. One person, I like this explanation. He said it's sanctified common sense. Mm -hmm. Understanding. Sanctified common sense. I I wish we had more understanding in our day, don't you? But there's not much understanding in the day that we live in. He mentioned the word there in verse number 3. He mentioned the word justice. Justice is right behavior. It is righteousness. Or in other words. And we know that God is a just God. That means he's right. In all that he does. And we have to understand. This word justice has to do with what's right. And it has to do with what's wrong. And we know that God tells both of those ways. God tells us what's right. And he tells us what's wrong. And there's a lot that we could take notice of in the world that we live in today. Because there's always two sides. And there is a right. And there is a wrong. Not what man says. But what God says. And then you have the word judgment. Judgment has to do with decision making. It has to do with processing. You know and we need that today. We need help in our decision making. We need to use the right type of judgment. And of course that is to what we're thinking about or, or judging. We need to compare it to the word of God. He uses the word equity. Equity is the word principle. And of course when it comes to principle. We have the principles of the word of God. This is the principle. This is the authority and should be in our lives. And, of course, we know that in our world that may be not the case because we've got rid of it in the schools and everywhere else. But this is the principle. And then, of course, he uses the word discretion. What is that? And it is to give thought to. I would like to think of it as seeking. You know, so many decisions, so many things are done without any searching to find out. So many decisions are made in hasty moments. We are to think. We are to meditate. We are to pray. We're to wait for God as we talked about last Sunday night. So we have to be careful in our discretion as mankind. And of course... As James talked about the wisdom that is from above, that would apply to those things that he gave us an illustration of. But you notice there in verse number five, he said, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. A wise man will hear. And of course, in the opposition to that, an unwise man will not. He will not listen. But a wise man will listen, just like when James said the wisdom that from above is peaceable, pure, it's easy to be entreated, it's mercy and without in other words, he said,'ll well, listen to what others say, we'll, we'll use discretion and equity and justice and all those things that we will do. But a wise man will hear, and a wise man will increase his learning. Or in other words, they realize they don't know everything. You know, a lot of people cannot learn and will not learn because they think they already know. A wise man wants to learn. A wise man will listen. And that's the the difference. When you're wanting to learn in school, you don't sit around and draw pictures or talk to your friends. You listen to what the teacher says. If you're being instructed at work, if you're being trained on a job or whatever it is, if you will listen to wise counsel. A lot of the things that I know how to do today, I learn how to do by watching and listening. You see, you cannot learn by talking. You listen. As one person said, of course, it's a famous old saying. He said, that's why God give us two ears and one mouth. And you could maybe even throw in there two eyes. Because we're to watch. We are to listen. And then, of course, we are to learn. A wise man will do that. And if you do it, you will increase learning. Or in other words, it'll continue. You never stop learning. You never come to the point where you know all there is to know. A man can be 90 years old and still learn. There's always more to know. And that's where you have verse number 6. Verse number 6 I believe says when talking about wisdom. Not only a wise man will hear. But a wise man will seek for wisdom. In other words as one said. Wisdom is work. It, wisdom is not something that just comes naturally. You search for wisdom. Notice that he says in verse 6, to understand a proverb, an interpretation. The words of the wise and their dark sayings. So when you talk about that dark saying, you're talking about something that you have to search for. It's not just clearly visible. You have to go out and find it. One person compared this to digging jewels or precious stones. I remember Brother Fred Fudge would, would talk about some of the hidden truths in the Word of God. And he described them as nuggets. That he had searched down. The Bible tells us to search the Scripture. Scripture. When you find gold, you usually do not wake up with it in front of your eyes, but you have to go and search for it. If you was to find a diamond, you have to mine for it. It's a process. You have to go out and you have to search. And I want to tell you, to understand wisdom and, and to really grow, we need to dig in the Word of God. Search. Find those great nuggets. Find the information. And the instruction. That God has given us. And we will definitely increase. Look if you will. Just a little ways over in chapter 2. And verse number 2. Chapter 2. Verse number 2 says. So that thou. So that thou. Incline thine ear into wisdom. And apply thine heart to understanding. You notice the two words, incline and apply. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up the voice of understanding, if thou seeketh her as silver and searcheth for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, and when saying that, it brings me to verse number seven. and verse number seven is the key: The fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and findeth the knowledge of God. When, when you begin to seek after it, when you begin to search, When you apply the things, whenever you can learn something and hear something, read it in the Word of God and you apply it to your life. And you do that by the fear of the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom. That is when you grow. That's when your faith will grow, when you apply it and you exercise it. Fools are not the case. Fools do not believe. And that's what it says in the latter part of seven. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools not only don't want to learn, they will not learn. It's simply when one of the words, when you see fool, a lot of times in the Bible, it simply refers to unbelievers. And you know what an unbeliever is? It's someone that's chosen not to believe. That's what it is. That is a fool. But we're to be wise. We're to seek after. We're to apply. We're to do those things. And if we do that with the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of knowledge. And of course, it will grow. As the Bible says, it will increase. But to do that, the first thing is you have to know Him. And then the second thing is, You have to want to know Him better. You need to know Him as your Savior. Because if you don't know Him as your Savior, you'll never get to know Him. You'll know nothing about Him. But if you know Him as your Savior, then you can begin to get to know Him. And you can grow in the fear of the Lord. That's the voice of wisdom. The second thing is, or the second voice rather, is the voice of instruction. In verse number 8, he says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. And he uses the example of parents that are, of course, applying or, or teaching wise counsel. You know what one of the greatest problems in society today is? The lack of a good or an example setting mother and father. The home is broken. And as one person says, as the home goes or the family goes, so society goes. And we don't have uh, the mom and dad anymore. We don't have that sense of, of uh, if they look to them. And we got too many that are single parents. We got too many that, that, that have left the principles and teachings of the Word of God. They don't have an example. Kids are not growing up by the example of their parents. But we'll see what they're growing up with. And that is the bad examples. But the voice of instruction. Paul told Titus, he said, adorn the doctrine of God. And what he was saying by that is, be an example with your life. So that people can see and learn. You see, that's what the parents would do, and that's what he's implying. And if you go by that, he said, it'll be an ornament of grace in thy head and chains about thy neck. The influence of parents. Not only will they show you how you should walk, but they would show you how you should not walk. Look, if you would, in Psalm number one. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. And then, of course, the results are the promises. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers, bringing forth fruit in the season. His leave will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. But the ungodly are not so. It says they shall stand in judgment. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the the way of the ungodly shall perish. And that's exactly how this proverb ends up telling us that if you live right, if you walk in the ways that you've been taught, and of course, walk in the word of God, God will take care of you. He talked about an ornament of grace and a chain about thy neck. He was talking about how that you would be identified. How that you would have that, if you will, as as I believe that we as believers are sealed by God. We have the Holy Holy Spirit of God. The seal. He said we've been sealed until the day of redemption. And of course, if we have the Holy Spirit of God, we should be walking as the Father walked. We should follow in His footsteps. And as He says in verse 15, He said, My Son, walk not in the way with them, refrain thy foot from their path. We should walk as God walked. In 2 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, but I know the passage, you know the passage in verse 14 talked about being, uh, being not. Uh, or, or be not unequally yoked. What uh, what fellowship hath, hath uh, you know? Belial with congress What all these things? What what fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Come out from among them, the Bible says, and be you separate. Walk in the ways that are right. Walk in those ways, as the Bible said, as Josiah walked. The straight pathway. He turned not to the left. Nor did he turn to the right. But he walked through the straight way. The gate. The way and the path of God. The way that we have laid out for us. Not only by Jesus Christ. By others that have walked that path as well. Proverbs chapter 16. In verse number 6. Says by the fear of the Lord. Men depart from evil. In other words, as we get back to that thought, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if we fear the Lord and walk in the pathway, we will depart from the evil way. Be careful who you listen to. And secondly, be careful who you follow. The third thing or the third voice that we see in the text today is the voice of temptation. And you can see that in verse number 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. The voice of temptation. Don't listen. Don't listen to them. Don't follow them. But listen to the words of wisdom. Follow in the paths of righteousness. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. When thinking about the word sinners, basically that includes all mankind. But I submit to you today that there are two classes of sinners. There is the unredeemed sinner that is lost, and there is the sinners that have been redeemed, that is the children of God. I am today, thanks be to God, a redeemed sinner, a sinner saved by grace. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The question is, have you been redeemed or have you not been redeemed? But he says when he refers to these sinners, he's talking about the sinners that are lost. Those that have rejected God. Those that will not believe and they will not receive. He said, uh, Consent thou not with them. As the Bible would tell us, submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to resist that kind of, of, of instruction. We need to resist those words of the wicked. And also, we not only need to resist, but we need to flee. In other words, we need to stay away from them. You know, there's too many times that people flirt with temptation. You know what that'll get you? It'll usually get you trapped. Notice that he says, he uses the illustration in verse number 17, talking about a net spread in the sight of any bird. Now you notice that any bird. But let me tell you, a lot of times, if you flirt with temptation, if you allow sinners to entice thee, if you listen to what they have to say, you may be trapped. It is a trap. But the thing is, when you get caught in that trap, or in other words, when you fall or the snare falls on you, not only does it catch you, it'll also cost you. The voice of temptation. The voice of temptation says, follow us. The voice of temptation. See how we're living. We're living it up and we're enjoying life. But here's what it reveals about that type of people. And I would say, and I'm sure you will see for yourself, that there's a lot of similarities between the next few things that I'm going to say and the world that we're living in today. First of all, you do realize when talking about uh, unredeemed sinners or lost people, you're talking about probably, as we're living in today, the, the majority of the world that we live in. You see, the Bible says many are on the road to destruction. Many have chose the white gate, but few, few have followed after wisdom. What about them? first of all in verse number thirteen? Basically, I'll give you my interpretation of verse number thirteen. They want something for nothing. We shall fill our houses with spool. What did that come from? Did it come from work? No, they stole it. These kind of people want something for nothing. They want to make others suffer. While they prosper. Notice in the latter part of verse 19. It says they take away the life of the owners thereof. That's talking about a thief. A thief that will get gain off someone else's loss. I heard a guy say one time. He said. How did he put it? He said. I may be a crook. But at least I'm not a thief. In other words, he's saying a thief was pretty sorry. But I'm going to tell you something. We live in a world today of people, even if they're not literally stealing off of you, they want something for nothing, and they want you to suffer loss while they enjoy gain. I'll tell you something else about them. They want working people to support them while they live their life. While they enjoy the things. While you're out working. And you say well you know a working man. You, you work. You come home. You're tired. You have Saturday. And and, and you know and you say boy I don't have much time to enjoy myself. And they're out enjoying life every day. See them up and down the road. While you're supporting them. That'll make you angry. Amen. But that's why they want it. They want to live off someone else. They're like those they're like those fish that grab onto a shark or some other, and they just suck on to him and follow him around. They're like a leech, if you will, that just grab on and live off somebody else's blood. I want to tell you, we see that portrayed in this picture today. When you look at verse 16 and 19, talks about the trap. But notice he says there in verse 18, You'll notice a couple of words, and it says they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. Do you know what the agenda for these type of people is? It's self. The agenda for the world today is self. It's not others. But it's a selfish motive. And I want to tell you, it's a lot of similarity to what's going on today. Not only do they want to gain, we're not just talking about money, but I believe it's also talking about power. Does that not sound like today? I want to tell you a lot of these groups that you're seeing today on TV. You say, what do they want? They want equality. No, they don't want equality. They want power. That's what they want. They're greedy of gain. And I say to you, will you listen to this voice of temptation that we hear on every channel of the TV today? This voice that you hear on the radio. The voice that you're hearing in the streets. The voice that you're hearing everywhere. That's the only voice that seemed like we're hearing today. And of course it's not the right voice. That we should be listening to today. We got many people today listening to people on TV. Rather than listening to God. We have people listening to what Dr. So-and-so says. We have people listening to what these sports heroes so to speak say or what so and so but I want to tell you what does God say that's who we should be listening to that's what we should be seeking we should be seeking the the instruction that's from above and that's my last thought today the voice of wisdom the voice of instruction the voice of temptation and now we see the voice of salvation Verse 20 says, Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the opening of the gates, in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, Listen to the voice. Where is this voice at? We already covered where it's at, it's in the streets. It's in the business. It's in every opening of the gate. Or, in other words, the voice that is out there crying should be our voice. But it's not. The wrong voice is being heard and displayed today. Where's the voice of instruction in our day? Where's the godly that'll stand up and speak? Where's the person that will uh, have a say on TV or maybe make a speech or say, Here is what the Bible says. Here's wisdom. There's none today, folks. Where's the voice at? It should be in the streets. It should be in the place of business. It should be on TV. It should be on the radio. But we are not being heard. And there's a problem with that. Notice that it says she crieth. And That word, crieth. I mean, that's what we should be doing. Crying out. You know what crying is? It's a plea. It's a begging. It's, it's pleading with people. Where's the pleading of our day? And, of course, you see those words. Who are they going to? And he mentions three people in verse 22. The simple, the scorners, and the fools. First of all, the simple ones. One person said the simple is the naive people who will believe anything but examine nothing. In other words, they're in opposite of what we talked about a while ago. Not, they don't have Discretion. They don't search anything out. They just take it for face value. One person said that simplicity is stupidity. There was a guy that was driving. He had a flat actually by an insane asylum. And he was out there changing his flat. And a guy, of course, on the other side of the fence was watching him. And he took his tire off. And when he did, he dropped all of his lug nuts down a drain. And, man, he began to, you know, he was talking and having a fit there. He didn't know what to do. What am I going to do, he said. The guy over across the fence said, Why don't you take one lug nut off your other tires or wheels and put your spare on, and that'll probably get you down there to the next filling station. It ain't very far. And the guy said, Why didn't I think of that? That was smart. And the guy said, well, I might be crazy, but I'm not stupid. You see, because he thought. He paid attention. He was was open to listening. He was open to learning. Instead of making a quick assessment. Instead of just giving up or whatever. You see, that's the way that the simple ones do. Then you have a group known as the scorners. They are the ones that think they know everything. And they'll let you know about it. And they'll mock you when you disagree with them. I've got news for you today. The news of today, and it's not breaking news, but I'll go ahead and give it to you. Folks, the groups that are speaking today with these, I'll tell you something about them. They're not open to reasoning. If you do not agree with them, you're wrong. I want to tell you something about the homosexual crowd, and I don't even know the initials of all of them. They got so far, the uh, queers and lesbians and all that, whatever you call them. And there's other groups out there, not just them. There's other, if you will, cults and things, and they've got an agenda, and their agenda is either their way or you're wrong. You don't have a way, and you don't have a say. They're the scorners. They're the fools that are ignorant of truth. They will not listen. They do not know and they don't want to know because they're stubborn. And it may be because they're lazy. They don't want to seek after it. And of course we already learned that if you don't want to seek after it, you won't find it. Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding, they don't want to find it because they've already got it. And of course, the wisdom that they got is the devilish wisdom. They're confused and deceived by the devil. And I pray that they would listen. And I pray as we see, we see it unfold in the last as we close We see it unfold. And in verse 23. Turn you at my reproof. I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words to you. I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand. And no man regarded. You sought it not all my counsel. And would none of my reproof. Those are some sad words folks. God has revealed himself. And I'm not, you don't have to go through. I'll give you the scripture. But a few ways that God has revealed himself. First of all through creation. You can look in Romans 1.20. You can see it in Psalm 19.1-4. But God has revealed himself through creation. God has revealed himself by conscience. You see God give the human race a conscience. You know what the problem with a lot of consciences are? They're seared. Because people have ignored them so long. And then of course. God has revealed himself. Through the son. Through the word of God. And hopefully. We're making that known. But God is revealing himself. Wisdom has cried out. Here I am. How long. Notice that he says that. How long. Well, apparently it's too long because they waited too late. And you see in verse number 26, he said, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Now, I take that to to say that apparently... These fools and these simple ones and these scorners apparently laughed at words of wisdom. And they also mocked uh, whenever they seemed to be on the other side, if you will. But now, here they are, facing judgment. And it says, I will laugh at your, I also will laugh. That means they must have done it before. But I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. And verse 28 says, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. That's why I said they were too late. You say, hold on a second. Boy, that sounds awful mean. You mean that God just quit, quit offering? God turned away from them? No, they turned away from God. Look, if you will, in the latter part of verse 29, or I'll just read the whole verse 29. They hated knowledge, and they did did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel, and they despised all my reproof. And verse 31 basically says this. Now they're reaping what they sowed. That's a principle as well from the Word of God. A principle, when you talk about a principle, you're talking about something that's assured. It's something if we, if we sow to the flesh, we'll reap of the flesh. What did they sow? They sowed mockery. They laughed at wisdom. They made fun of. They all these things that they did, and now it has come back. And they're reaping what they sowed. Why? Because... God is not long-suffering. No, God is long-suffering. But the Bible says there, they did not choose. In other words, they rejected God. God didn't reject them. You know, there's a lot of people say God rejected Pharaoh. God didn't reject Pharaoh. Pharaoh rejected God. God does not reject anybody. Jesus said, all that will come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. That means whosoever shall come to me. But the problem is, nobody's seeking and nobody's turning. And by the way, in verse 23, you have to turn. From my understanding, if you're going one way, if you want to go the other, you're going to have to turn. You have to turn. If you're on the road to destruction, if you want to go through the straight Narrow gate. You've got to turn. If you're lost. If you're following the wrong crowd. And you you're, find yourself in a trap. You have to turn. And it's simple as that. Turn to God. Just as those at Thessalonica. Paul said they turned to God from idols. It's simple as that. But they would not listen. Verse 33 is a great verse to close with. It says, Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. And folks, I hope these are encouraging words to us in the day we live in. Just hearken unto God. Follow after wisdom. Seek wisdom. Seek God's instruction. Search the scripture. Listen to the right voices. Listen to God. Seek God's will, and He will. What will happen? He said, You'll dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. A lot of people are afraid in the day we live in. What's the cure? Well, hearken to God, and you'll dwell safely, and you'll be secure. You'll not only be secure. But you will also be safe. Amen. Amen. Safe and secure. Of course they go together. Will not fear. So the question is. First of all will you listen? God is crying out. Wisdom is crying out. Will you listen? How will you listen? Will you receive? Will you turn to God today? And seek after wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Would you come to him today? Heavenly Father, I pray. Lord, you will reveal to us what we need to do. Lord, I know there's a lot of voices in our day. Lord, I realize that some of our young people will be going to college, maybe in college, are hearing a lot of voices. And probably the majority of them leads to a trap. But I pray they would seek after wisdom. Lord, I pray that you'd help us in our day. Lord, with all the noise of the news and everything that's going on, I pray that we would seek after wisdom. Lord, and I pray that you'd reveal to us those nuggets, those diamonds in your word, that we would have peace, that we could find security, happiness, blessedness.